episode 103 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. And today we have a guest. We are just abundantly excited. You should have seen us all in the green room and you should see us all right now. Um, a lot of jazz hands happening between Hannah and I, at least, but I've seen maybe a couple from Tess. Um, we're kind of, what do you call those? What do you, what do you call, what do you call your excitement? Sure. You can uh, apply that label if you so choose. <laughs> I would say, we're, I think I did a fist pump earlier. Okay. Which seems that's, a little more on brand for Tess. That's a little more on brand for Tess. And I want to honor that words are powerful and Allison sometimes chooses the wrong ones before we even get started based on our last episode. Naming the space that I'm in would have been helpful. I am today in very excited space and we are delighted to have Hannah Miller, who we affectionately got to know as Hannah P when she came into the sacred space of Jen and Millie and actually is a big part of the success of, um, of this collaboration. Hannah was part of the, um, the OG video production team mm-hmm. and really the encouragement for us to, to do this and start um, pulling, pulling conversations together. We are delighted to have her um, joining us for the episode today for a lot of reasons, but I want to share what my reasons are first and then Tess, I'll have you share what your reasons are as far as why we're so jazz hands fist bump, bump excited. Hard for me to be so far away from the microphone. I have watched Hannah P. Hannah Miller glow up in leadership. We use that term a lot. I'm a fan of that term. I, you know, I I know I'm aging myself to use a hipster sort of millennial term like glow up, but I'm going to go ahead and use it. I have watched her glow up, grow up, excel as a leader, and there have been mom beaming face moments in so many meetings and so many um, dialogues and situations. I am most excited to have Hannah here today to talk about the why and talk about the what and talk about the agency and the pathways that she has grown as a leader because I've witnessed it. And I love when I see people, I love seeing people in their purpose. And I've been in some of Hannah's presentations where I mean, it's it's not the right audience. And I'll say, just a second, everyone. <laughs> I need to tell you what I'm feeling. I am just abundantly proud. Proud to know you, proud to work with you, uh, proud to have learned from you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm most excited to have, have, have Hannah Miller, who is our um, marketing and recruitment manager for teammates um, and a colleague and a friend of ours. I'm excited mm-hmm. to have her here today. Yay. Tess, how about you? Uh, I want to make a quick note. Uh, Allie had mentioned that Hannah was uh, a vital part of the video production team at the beginning. She wasn't a vital part. She was the part. She was the, <laughs> she's literally it. She was the person that made it happen to launch Jen and Millie at the very beginning when we started as a vlog. Um, the reason that we moved into this podcast format is 100% because we lost her talent due to maternity leave. <laughs> so, the re- so the reason that Jen and Millie is what it is now and was what it was in the beginning is because of Hannah. Like you are going to stand witness or listen to the witness um, of Hannah Miller, who is the reason that we are the way that we are. Um, not entirely format wise, I mean. <laughs> She's not to blame for the way that Allie and I are, but, but she's the reason that number one, Jenna Millie is here, and number two, it's in the format that it is because we could not survive without it, and I was like, I think I can try and figure out how to make this into a podcast, but I cannot do videography, so um, that is why we are here. So I want to make that note and so appreciate uh, Hannah being central to catalyzing Jenna and Millie into what it is today. Why I am excited that you are here, not only so we can recognize you, um, and I want to note another thing in that recognition is that when we talked to Hannah about doing this, she, in all caps, I'm so excited, I'm beyond thrilled, and then I'm going to call this out. Sorry, Hannah, we tend to do this. Um, She said, quote, I feel like I'm fangirling right now in the text. I want to say that because you're not a fangirl. You were instrumental in making this happen. So you are not outside. You are very much inside. You're a culture. founder. You you're a founder. founder of Jen and Millie. You are the, the silent partner we haven't lifted up as much as we should have. And so want to recognize that, that you're not a fangirl. You are instrumental So in making this happen. So um, 
for sure that for uh, number one. Um, but then why I'm especially excited that you um, are here is because I have mentioned you a number of times when I talk about strengths and complementary partnerships. Allie and I talk about our complementary partnerships a lot, but I use you as an example of a sandpaper person, a person who initially her strengths did not get along. <laughs> high activator, you're high, like your high communication and woo, all of these strengths that I was like, okay, Hannah, um, we have to triple check our numbers, <laughs> like slow down, <laughs> like let's breathe for a bit. But you, you know, in working together and building trust and rapport, we established over the course of my time at teammates and your time at teammates, a very productive and healthy working relationship, complementary partnership, and then friendship out of it. And I'm so appreciative of that. And I think that's part, not only in, in your glow up into leadership, which which I got to see part of and then have heard about um, by means of Allie so much. I'm excited to talk about that, but also as an example of the fact that complementary partnerships don't happen overnight that there are people with different strengths than us who have different talents that might rub us the wrong way initially, that might be difficult to work with. And to reframe that, to see it not as this frustrating person trying to get under my skin, which is sometimes how I felt. You greeted everyone when you came into the office and I was like, nobody has that much energy in the morning. No one does. I don't understand this person. Two, being able to see it as a potential for different strengths and how they can work together when we pair those strengths together, but then also pair it with getting to know one another, that complementary partnerships isn't taking two different sets of strengths and putting them together, right? It's about building a relationship, a co-working relationship, a friendship, a manager to managee relationship, whatever that looks like for anybody listening. And it's building that relationship in connection with understanding the strengths-based lens that allows the potential for maybe some people that don't quite get along to develop into really powerful, complementary partnership relationships. And it's one of my favorite examples. I love sharing about working with Allie, but Allie and I got along really well from the beginning. And I will say that I did not understand you at the beginning. And now I, you are one of the people that when I travel back to Omaha, I always want to see, and I always want to visit. And by the, you know, the last few years of us working together, as we got to know each other, I loved working with you because of the power that came from the synergy of your influencing strengths and your strengths that would push and want to idea generate and my strengths that were like okay we got to think through things really really deeply like you helped pull me to do things and I helped in some ways I hope help us think through things before we got started right that we ended up having this like really energetic and really I think powerful complementary partnership on the team and I really appreciate that so um a lot longer explanation than I wanted to, but I think our working relationship is such a good example of eek into powerful when mm-hmm. we added trust and relationship and understanding into our working relationship. So thank you for being here, Hannah. We're so grateful to, to have you here. Any first thoughts, any reflection? Well, that <laughs> was have... just like a lot. <laughs> let's a have lot her, <laughs> Let's have her introduce herself the way that she wants to be known. <laughs> Well, I'm Hannah Miller, as you probably have heard. Um, I'm the recruitment and marketing manager at Teammates. Uh, My top five, for those of you who don't know me, are positivity, woo, activator, restorative, and empathy. Um, So the two that I like really a lot of people know me for are positivity and activator, which is very much, you know, I look forward to possibilities and I look, I'm excited for the future. But I'm also the really annoying person at 8 a.m. greeting everybody in the office, which is 100% who I am. But I'm also a very impatient but excited to get things started type of person. Um, I always I laugh when we talk about Jen and Millie in the early years. And this whole experience logging on today was just so perfect. Because at first, like, Tess, I got your text. You're like, there's going to be a green room. And, like, there's these two links you need to use. And I'm like, dang, we really, like, have come a long way from being in the tiny little room where it was just the three of us, me with my camera, super pregnant, just sitting there watching you guys. And then and then Allison couldn't figure out her mic situation. Yep. And I was like, yep, we're right on brand. <laughs> right, right on brand. There we are. <laughs> It's like you're the, muted. You're muted. The, the Gen Xer, the Gen Xer cannot figure out the technology. Surprise. 
And it's so great, too. And I love how much this podcast has evolved over the years. Um, and I'm excited to see now that Generation Z is like a big part of our workplace now and all of our relationships. I mean, we're going to have to go like Jen, Millie, and Zane or something like <laughs> eventually. Because, yeah, it's wild how much the times have changed in the last, what, seven, six years since we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a few questions that I want to run past, Hannah. I know Tess has some too, but I think when we talk about both of us witnessing you as a leader, mine has been a little bit more firsthand because I, I get to see it regularly. I do articulate it back to, to Tess, and I think Tess sees it through the evolution of our social media mm-hmm. um, and some of the things and some of the projects and some of the ways that your voice is clearly um, helping raise and lift voices of others. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, Hannah, when you think about your positivity, woo, activator, restorative, and empathy, where have those strengths served you most as a leader? I think sometimes we we talk about like what's a moment of success and what strengths have contributed to that. But when you think about your journey in leadership, particularly the last year, where have your strengths served you? I would say, so for those who don't know my department, I have two um, awesome people working under me, but leadership work is for the entire organization. And I think over the last year in particular, I've really been leading with empathy and trying to understand exactly what people have been going through. I mean, COVID really was horrible on everybody and it's still, we're still kind of experiencing those effects. But Teammates has really given me the awesome opportunity to go through Gallup's Boss to Coach 1 and 2 and making me a Gallup Certified Manager. And learning those amazing questions to ask that are thought-provoking, rather than telling my team what to do or telling other people what to do, which was usually the activator in me (laughs) when I was doing projects. Um, Now I have the skills to really lead with my empathy and ask, okay, well, how does, how is that working for you? Or what are your top priorities? And the top, the thing I always ask, and it doesn't even just apply to my team, but the thing I always ask to somebody, if I know that they look like they're struggling, is I ask which strength is being neglected this week for you? Um, David, who works under me, and I know he wouldn't feel bad about me talking about this. He is, Tess, if you and I were to combine and gel into one human being, it would be David who works with me. I mean, his top five are activator, uh, ideation, context, restorative, and strategic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, if a Tess and I were a person, it would be that. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's so interesting just to work with him especially because I do have to, you know, we both have activators, so we're always go, go, going. But really going for that individualized strengths-based approach with him is so important and um, hearing from him, okay, your ideation, for example, I don't have that in my top five, and so I have to think, what is something somebody with ideation needs to have? Well, for him, it's a walk, just so he can think about ever and process everything he's learned about that day, and then bring all those ideas forward so he can act upon them. Um, so really learning how to individually think of each person on the team, not just the ones who I manage, but the ones that also are on our team and may not be having a great day, maybe going through a really tough time. Um, That's really where I've been using that empathy, strength, and action right away with the team. Love that. So Hannah, what I love about that approach and that testimony to how you manage is you're managing not only from empathy, but other their other strengths I'm already picking up, right? Like you're you're tapping into developer, which I, if I recall, is in your top ten, right? It's six. Yes, I'm like I've not looked at the teammate strengths map in over a year, so I cannot remember <laughs> where it's at. And then also tapping into some individualization, right? Which don't know where that is for you. Um, it's a little bit lower, right? But but that's what I also love. If it's lower, right? We're still seeing that because of the way you're maybe meshing your developer with empathy, right? And you're being critical and, and intentional about how you're managing. Um, so I want to ask, um, within your top five, and especially I think more your top 10, you don't have very many strategic thinking themes. And what I want to note 
is I feel like sometimes, especially as leaders, there's this rhetoric of being limited and boxed into the domains. And to say, Mm -hmm. you know, I use myself as an example all the time. In my top 10, I only have relationship building and strategic thinking themes. I don't have any executing themes. I don't have any influencing themes, right? And so, and so, (laughs) sorry, Ali's struggling a little bit today. It's it's very on brand. I don't struggle this much usually. Not usually. We will note that. No. Okay. It's a full moon. Okay, sure. Whatever you want to tell yourself. Okay. Recenter. Okay. So anyway, so I use myself as an example, right? That I'm only in two of the four domains in my top 10, right? Which is like, that's what Gallup says is 80% of your behavior is that dominant set of your strengths. And so if I were to be a leader or a manager, if I, or if my manager, you know, were to look at that, you know, if I were boxed in to these concepts of like the domains being rigid, I could make an argument to my boss that I'm not going to do anything because I don't have any executing themes and I'm not going to lead because I don't have any influencing themes. I'm just going to think a lot and I'm going to build really great friendships and relationships in my workplace, right? Like I can't do that. So my question for you is, so based on where, how your domains fall, right? How do you think about your strengths in relationship to domains? And then based on the strengths that you have that are dominant, how do you critically think? How do you strategically think, right? Because that is a lower domain for you, right? So what strengths do you use or what strengths of your team members do you use in order to pull on that domain that might not be as prevalent for you? So um, just so the world knows, strategic thinking doesn't actually come in to my strengths until number 13. I have nothing in strategic thinking in the 10. Um, But for me, honestly, it's leaning on others and collaborating with others. Um, I really use my uh, influencing themes to lean or my relationship building themes as well to lean on other people. When you look at my team, so David is very high in strategic thinking and influencing. Elena, uh, my other team member, she has very high strategic thinking as well. They both are very dominant in there. So I am able to lean on the two of them specifically to help me think things through, whereas they also lean on me for relationship building. Um, Both of them are excellent relationship builders in their own ways. Um, They're both very unique and awesome that way. But for us to really lean on each other and learn from, you know, I learn from both of them have high strategic and I really learned from them how to take those pieces of these ideas and how we're going to put them into a thing. And then Elena has high arranger. So she is able to take that high strategic and pull that in so we're all like going in the right direction. Um, I really use those, you know, having the high relationship building, high executing and high influencing. Those are my top three. <laughs> the highest is relationship building. So for me, I find my best self when I can collaborate with other people to get that stuff done. Mm-hmm. That's great. I also see um, and heard um, your ownership of a big strength. So I think all of us in our top five kind of know where we have a strength that's more influential or more stronger, bigger, mm-hmm. um, harder for us to manage. For me, input is almost impossible to turn off. Um, your ownership of what activator might typically do has given you tremendous insight as a leader because you're, you're pra- you have practical application of reset and practical application of a best practice. I also have really witnessed the way that, and I, I think I want to make sure when I clarify that I'm talking about your strengths as a leader is that what I've seen organizationally. I'm not just talking about with your team. I'm talking about organizationally and how I've witnessed this. You lead by example by being in performance. Your performance is, um, uh, well, as a presenter, you have your next level now. I've watched it. I've watched it just go, not that it was bad before, but go to just a next level because I think you're pointing your strengths towards the direction of peak performance, excellence. And you know you have the insight and the self-awareness to manage and navigate some of those bigger strengths that might get in the way of others being able to be at peak performance. You spoke to that really clearly through empathy, but I also see it in your activator and I see it in your woo. So you can get up, lead, you show that you are using your strengths in a way that is going to get the job done. 
And then other people go, hmm, I want to do that. And I think that concept piece, part of leadership, leading by example, without sitting down and saying, did you just see what I just did? Did, <laughs> did, did y'all get the lesson that I was trying to teach you there? You just, you would, you lead it, you do it, and then you go in and encourage somebody else to do the same. And I think those are some things that really stand out to me. Also, Tess, I want to note, and I'm sure you already did, asking our listeners what strength is being neglected. Mm-hmm. Powerful conversation, powerful question. Um, yeah. I'm curious for you, because Tess is this for me, who are some of your most significant thought partners? Uh Definitely David is one of my significant thought partners. Um, If anybody ever has the chance to reach out to David Baker, please have a conversation with him. He's amazing. (laughs) But Allison, it's definitely you as well. For me, when we have our, you know, engagement meetings, we talk about Q12 and everything we've gone through. But I've learned all of my presenting from watching you. Um, And my dad as well, you know, being a minister's kid, (laughs) but (laughs) mainly him, but also you as well, Allison, like I would have never known that in the first five minutes, you're supposed to ask the people or who you're talking to, to use their own voice. If you wouldn't have told me that. And that's been really helpful for me to boost engagement when making presentations, not only webinars for the, our wonderful chapters and our board members, but also when I'm, I'm going to a principal's conference tomorrow and I'm doing the best of me handout, all because you told me that would be a good idea. <laughs> I think everybody needs that. Yeah, so having you as an awesome resource has been wonderful in that way. And then my probably my, my biggest mentor right now, other than uh, our wonderful CEO, Des Moines, is my dad. Um, my dad's a minister, for those who, who don't know, but he's also part of the teammates board in Des Moines. He's a mentor. My mom's on the teammates board now. I know Tess is just like, <laughs> it's a family thing. It's adorable. Uh, but my dad, you know, being a senior pastor for his church, He's essentially a CEO of his uh, nonprofit. So I always get his advice if I'm running into an issue or if like, how did you handle a situation similar to this? My dad understands my world and he also is obviously a presenter. So I always try to ask him how he does this. What is his cadence with this? How do you draw the crowd in through your storytelling? Because he's an amazing storyteller. And so using, um, I think all, like if I were to put together my, my board of directors, the Hannah board of directors, it would definitely be these two lovely ladies here on the call, but also my dad, David, um, and my husband as well, being able to give me that outside of teammates uh, viewpoint. I love that. So great. Wow, Hannah, way to tie it in. We just talked about board of directors activity last episode and reevaluating people's term limits and who you have on it. So that's such a great tie in to that recent activity. Um, I'm really curious because you've, you've talked a lot about your development and your growth. Um, we talk a lot in the strengths world about the movement of strengths from raw to mature, from me centered to we centered. Um, from individualized to the collective, to utilizing and understanding my own strengths, to using them for the betterment of the world or the organization or my family or my community. Um, when you think back to when you first learned about strengths, and was that via teammates or did you know about strengths? It was via teammates, mm-hmm. right? So then we're talking about seven years, right? Uh, you were, I was like, I was trying to yep. engage you. You were there the year after me, you came on board. So I was trying to remember um, uh, when you started. Um, so seven years ago, when you think about the last seven years of first knowing and naming your strengths, going through the process of claiming and recognizing them, then aiming them and utilizing them to that Allie's addition of taming them. So really recognizing them, finding when they're in excess and out of balance. When you think about that process of the last seven years of strengths development, what has been the most helpful for you? What's the most helpful tool of development, resource of development, situation that's been developing when you think about maturing in your own strengths? I think it's so funny when I look back on when I first learned my strengths. When I first learned my strengths, I was a sprightly 24-year-old, <laughs> just gotten engaged like the week before I took my strengths. And I was fresh out of a career in TV news where I was very clearly not using my strengths to where they were supposed to be. 
So I get these top five and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm bubbly. I get that. Oh, I like to meet new people. Like it all made sense to me. But it wasn't until we really started naming, claiming, and aiming those strengths that I was really able to do that. And a lot of it too, probably the moment where I really saw my strengths like starting to tame or starting to figure out how I'm supposed to be using them is right after I became a mom. So like three years later, 2018, I became a mom, you know, go through the whole postpartum and everything we all go through in that transition time of our lives where, you know, life, even if you like move away or whatever you do, we all go through a transition time. So that's when I figured out what my positivity actually means to me and where it comes in. And I think that's also when my activator kind of started taming is in 2018, because now I'm starting to care for this young infant. And clearly he's not going to do what I want the first time. He still doesn't. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you know, this infant, you know, Um, and my problem solving, which is my restorative, really had to be up in high gear. But then I came back to work and I got to channel all that into something that had a much greater purpose than what I had when I left for maternity leave. I was Mm. finally going towards something that was bigger than myself, bigger than me as a mom who I was just trying to figure out who myself was, but trying to channel it all toward an organization that I love and care about. So I really was able to name, claim, and aim my strengths during that time period. And it's just grown and, you know, they fluctuate all the time, you know, basements and balconies and or whatever term we're using now with that, you know, they kind of go all over the place. But I really think when I am at my best self and I'm feeling my most engaged, I know exactly what it feels like because I just take myself back to my first day back from maternity leave in 2018 and being able to use those strengths to where I see them best. So I want to note, can I note a few things to follow up in this conversation, right? Because I feel like these are such great, such great reflections. And I want to pinpoint some really practical steps for people that might be listening, right? Because everyone, like you mentioned, is going to go through transitions at some point in their life, right? New job, stopping school, starting school, motherhood, marriage, Parenthood, moving, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, right? Someone's bound to have, everyone is bound to have some sort of transitions in their life, whether or not they view those as larger or smaller. Um, You can go through transitions without recognizing your strengths like you did, right? And so I think these questions of, of, you know, or questions that come out that can help people recognize that is where are the areas of frustration and where are the areas where you're in flow, or in this timelessness, full engagement, right? And, and, and that might be in transition or not, right? Like you have this picture of this day coming back from maternity leave, right? Where you were able to channel your strengths. And so I think a really practical way that people can listen, people that are listening can apply that is to think back to a day or a time or a season in your life in which you had a lot of joy, a lot of momentum, Maybe you were really engaged with the work that you were doing, right? Like where, where was that time? We, we talk about best possible self as an ideation for the future, but this really practical way of evaluating what our strengths look like at their best is a, is a moment of reflection, of retrospection, of looking back and saying, where have my strengths been at their best? And it might be hard to kind of conceptualize that and identify it. So instead, think back to a really great day or a really great week. And what were the elements of that? How were your strengths showing up in that? And that can help you identify what your strengths look like at their best and kind of taking that experience you have as a way of saying, this is my goal, is to have more days like that day, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is what I need to do. This is the situation, the environment, the use of my strengths that can help me get there at more rapidly within my life. And I, that's a great question too, to ask if you're like ever... If you're working with somebody or trying to figure out expectations or even trying to figure out um, a project you're doing with somebody else, that's another question to ask them as well is what do your strengths look like when they are at your best or what was a day or a project you were working on when you were at your best? Um, That's what I always do with my team or anybody I'm working with when trying to figure out expectations and goals is figuring out how all of our strengths will look when success is near. I think also, and we we give, as those of you who listen know, we do very little 
prep. We do a little bit of green room, but we do not do prep. And we certainly didn't give Hannah a script. But the fact that you keep tapping into performance, excellence, and it's purpose-driven. And that's really where we see performance in alignment with strengths is when it's also in alignment with values and with purpose. And one of the things that occurred to me, and I've been kind of thinking on this, but I hadn't really found the right words or the right metaphor, name, claim, aim, tame. That's a pathway, right? It's not always linear. Sometimes it's very circular, but the raw to mature. So Tess, I appreciate that you brought up, you know, you take a strength from raw to mature because you, it's like self-centered into a, a point of productivity for the team. I also think there then becomes a circle back to with, with the application of aiming and taming, we get to circle back to pointing our strengths inward. So that initial raw sort of comes from a place of, I don't want to name it selfishness, but lack of awareness of how it contributes mm -hmm. to then really aiming it with the team and building a place of positive contribution with our strengths, then understanding where they're over-indexed, over-utilized. We've got to do some adjustments with um, board of directors, those kinds of things. We then get to a point where we can turn them back inward mm -hmm. and they become tools for growth and development for us as individuals that I think I, I've witnessed that within Hannah. Um, I'm going to shift us a little bit because this is a really important concept to me. I have been studying for a bit now, kind of the same way that Don Clifton studied successful leaders. Uh, I'm a sociologist. I have been studying successful relationships and I have almost the same like Don, almost walked around with a little note card where I, oh, this is what I notice. This is what I notice. This is what I notice. Look at you, you participant observer. What a great methodology. You know what? But what, what great way to do that when you're not in one um, that you could be actively witnessing? Well, let's see. There seems to be a pattern of yours not working and other people happen to see some results. So, what what is the common denominator and i will go to this again and again and again it is mutual respect it comes down to a core of mutual respect there's great research from the gottman institute there's just great great research from all all kinds of people about this but it comes down to mutual respect so i'm witnessing it in a newish sort of relationship through tests and i'm witnessing it through a seasoned relationship like you and justin now, Justin and Hannah are like the power couple that I get to witness. Yep. It, is, it is truly one of the most joyful things. When I first thought they weren't coming to the staff Christmas party, I was like, okay, Why am what? I yep. Right. Am I really going to go? <laughs> and is, has there been anything done to reverse this decision? And <laughs> then so, I got pneumonia and that so reserved the decision. <laughs> so I'm like, excuse me. So I'm really sad that you're not coming. And she's like, oh, wait, we're... We're going to be there. And I was like, she said we, she said we, okay. So I have to tell this story and Hannah, maybe you'll, they'll come a day where you're sick of it, but maybe not. No. <laughs> Hannah was new to teammates. Hannah and Justin, in my perspective, were newish to each other. Weren't quite married yet. Um, Hannah presented and Justin came in as she was presenting. We were, I believe at, um, old mattress factory in Omaha and I witnessed Justin just beaming. I mean, he is just like proud watching Hannah. And then Hannah gets done and she kind of bebops over to Justin and she's just so delighted to see him. These are two things, Tess, that we talk about a lot on Jen and Millie in the way that, you know, recognition, how recognition is received. And also when we look forward to seeing someone, I have seen that in the two of them from the first time I saw it and every single time since. There is deep admiration and respect for one another. And there's also just this, gosh, I really dig you as a human and I look forward to time with you. I wanted to bring this to the strengths light and I was curious also, I've, I've got a secondary question to this, but do you and Justin have similar strengths? We do, he leads with woo. 
That's his number one. And that's my number two. He likes to remind me that his woo is higher than my woo. And I was like, that's not how it works, Justin, but whatever. <laughs> so even strengths that are similar or the same may look very different on each other. And a lot of times we, we tend to, I don't want to say advice. I hope no one is taking advice from this podcast. But I, <laughs> I think sometimes we say, hey, look for complementary partners. That's a great example of similar strengths in certain ways that because they come from a place of value and mutual respect, that's a successful relationship. Um, I want to note that part, but also I'm curious about your dad's strengths too. He, so um, just going back to the complimentary partners, um, for Justin, for example, he has woo-woo, and then his number two is analytical. So he really, like, you don't want to take me car shopping, for example. Like, I'm always going to say, oh, my gosh, that's a great deal. And Justin's going to be like, Hannah, just no, it no. And he'll haggle, you know, to get the right price and all that. That is where we are an example of a really great complimentary partner. Now, my dad, for example, his strengths are input, uh, communication, woo, activator, and uh, learner. So his are very interesting. His activator and my activator, if you ask my mom, are literally the exact same thing. <laughs> we are very similar people. Uh, and we are, but I mean, he taught me how to go into a room and not be afraid to talk to people. Like that is where I learned my woo from and how, who I think, I like to think I inherited it from my father. Um, but his input in learner is one of my favorite things to witness because he is, my dad's story is very interesting and I won't go to the whole thing, but he, you know, moved around school to school to school to school. Dad was in the military. He was basically told his whole life that he would never amount to anything and he didn't have great grades. Like he never, he basically missed the fractions portion of third grade because <laughs> he moved around so much. Then he goes to college, graduates in three years, goes on to get his master's. He has a doctorate. He is an amazing minister. And he is probably one of the smartest human beings I know on the planet, but his whole life, teachers and people were telling him he was not smart enough. When really that's not the case, he's just the kind of learner that he will just take in information all day. You should see the library I grew up with. Like, it's insane. <laughs> but he loves to take in information and learn. But he was never given the opportunity to do that. Beautiful. That's so good. I want to note and strength spot the mutual. Well, number one, before I do that, uh, you can always rebuttal Justin by saying <laughs> that uh, should the case happen where there are tied scores with your themes, they revert to alphabetical. So technically, your first and your second, your woo, might be tied for first. Mm -hmm. because of the alphabet so you can always say gosh actually we never know analytical because if you study the instrument justin you know <laughs> that there might be an alphabetical instance you know alphabetical in the case of a tie so you can always rebuttal there so his woo's professor tess higher is in the house <laughs> yeah i'm gonna so, record i'm gonna just play this back for him so he back. knows that <laughs> run back the receipt i will tell him for you um <laughs> But yes, so it is not the case that you can tell him that uh, his woo is higher than yours because you might have your woo tied. Um, anyway, so, but I do want to strength spot the mutual woo that you and Justin do have because you were a week off of engagement, you joined the teammate staff seven years ago, and two or three days into being a part of the staff, we received save the dates for your woo. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, what? what? It was one of the coolest weddings I've ever attended. I just yes, want to note that. I will note that I still have the photo booth uh, pictures um, from that. It was such a cool wedding. So much fun. So um, much fun. So much oh, fun. Great dancing. We got overalls guy. We got, I mean, I have so many great memories <laughs> from that, uh, from your wedding. Um, but I just want to note that that's like, 
epitome of woo, right? That you're just like, I just met you, but I want you to be a part of my life. So like, I'm going to invite you to the most important part of my day, even though I think I remember your last name and I can't really remember what you do in the organization, but I'm sure I'll know, you know? Like, And we thing. all showed up. We sh- A lot yeah. of us showed up. We, we showed up in droves. Teammate staff, we... <laughs> We had two full tables. We right. were. You did. It was so great. Tearing it was up awesome. Were so much fun. Okay, my question, <laughs> though, is with um, not only so you can take this either way, right, um, with your complimentary partnership with Justin or your complimentary partnership with your dad, um, you share similar strengths with both of them. You have strengths in common, but you also have differences, right? And you noted the difference um, with Justin's analytical, but I want you to note how a common strength shows up differently. So either, you know, pick your and Justin's woo, pick you and your dad's communication. How does that strength manifest differently based on the fact that you have different strengths that support the common strength you share with either of them? And maybe well, give, for Justin, give example, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so for me, my woo is very much like, hi, it's so great to see you. I love networking. I love, you know, I'm always the first to like go tell somebody, oh, my God, I love your shirt. Like, I am totally that person. Mm -hmm. Justin, he has high. His number four is relator. For him, he creates friendships like he'll just like meet somebody at the gym and then he'll invite them over for dinner. And then they're in our wedding six years later. Like, that is how it works. He had a really hard time getting to six groomsmen and I don't mean because he didn't have six friends I mean he had 12 best friends and he Mm -hmm. had to get it down Mm -hmm. to six so for him when he meets those friends when he meets those people instantly it is an instant forever bonding friendship when I meet somebody instantly it's like oh okay well we're gonna be friends yeah like yeah and we are friends but they're not maybe a forever instant connection Now, my communication is actually super low, so dad and I don't have that in common, but we do share activator. And how our activator is different is he wants to learn all of the information, gather all the information, and then start, but he wants to do it all very extremely quickly. (laughs) I want to start and then gather the information. So for him, he leads with input. He doesn't like to make mistakes. I learn from making mistakes. So for him, he has to, he always feels like he has to be go, go, going, but he wants to make sure he gets that information while he's going. I am somebody who wants to go until I make a mistake and then I've learned a new way of not to do something. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see those two at play. They sometimes butt heads quite a bit. Yeah. And then it's also interesting, like, so Justin's number three is harmony. My number four is restorative. Sometimes my restorative can look like harmony, but how those two go up against each other is Justin likes to, you know, if there is an issue, he can point it out before we get to the problem. I like to fix the problem as it's happening. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how in a marriage with parents of two toddlers, he'll see the toddler, oh, we should not have that piece of furniture because he's going to throw himself into the furniture. I see of, oh, we'll just get rid of it when that happens. beautiful example such a good example like so he's problem your problem focus and he's symptom focused of the problem Mm -hmm. okay Okay. that's yeah but you need both you need both and that mutual respect gives you the space to parent well or to make decisions well um i also just had a glimmer of insight as to the woo relator blend which Justin forgets nothing that we share with him. He, he turned to me and said, you know, asked me four or five questions related to the last, you know, seven years. He, he just, he has an ability to build trust because of his analytical, I think, in there too, that remembers the, the logic and the data and the information. Um, it's also fun for me to witness again i've got my music is my love language t-shirt on today you would never guess the the concerts that these two have been to we could do a whole episode on that like let's do a strength spotting episode or just a jenna millie episode of i can't believe someone went to this show and yes i mean justin would be my top choice for having as a guest because you would never Never, ever, ever guess some of the bands that that guy likes. It just, every time. He has a Slayer flag. 
We like an outdoor on, day. Mm-hmm. on an <laughs> an outdoor flag showed it to me showed me a picture i you know as if the visual wasn't enough now i know it's a real thing in Bennington. But, it's really great <laughs> lovely <laughs> but i i do want to acknowledge hannah the the beauty of witnessing that i get to witness it kind of a, from afar right now with tess i'm but i'm even seeing it in pictures and it, it's just really lovely to witness. It gives me hope. It gives me perspective. I'm learning from you. I'm learning from you, Tess, as well, that it, that critical component of mutual respect is everything. And we can have harder conversations or we can talk about how our strengths are different or you know, maybe where we're coming into The furniture example is a great one when we have established mutual respect. And um, I see that with you and Justin. I also hear it in the way that you talk about your parents. And I also witness it in the way that you treat humans in general and particularly in our organization. Um, You have, I hadn't thought about it being so clear in your empathy, but you have chosen to hear people um, with much more intentionality in the last couple of years that have been very difficult for for everyone. Um, and I'm very grateful for that and uh, grateful that you would be willing to share such mm-hmm. personal and lovely but applicable mm-hmm. examples with us. Oh, thank you. We got our 34 themes and one of them for Activator says, you may share, you may be like an oversharer for some people. I read that. I was like, yep. Thank you, Gallup, for pointing that out about me. Gotta love some of the things that they state. Yeah, in those reports. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but it's my favorite. I I love that. So as we wrap up our time together today, Hannah, I would love for you to leave listeners with some words of wisdom, some advice, some thoughts. You are such an incredible example of someone who's been very intentional about their strengths development. Like you are a case study that we happen to know and have the privilege of witnessing of someone who has committed to the naming, claiming, aiming, and taming process, who is reflective and intentional about their strengths development, and who has applied that really readily within their context, um, within the context of work as a manager and someone who came in as an employee and now is in a place of, of management and leadership. You've applied that within your marriage. You've applied that within parenting, within being a a child of parents like like you are applying it in all areas of life with such integrity and you're doing it with such intentionality and so you know you might not recognize that but we recognize that which is why we wanted you here today um so what has been helpful what has worked what do you want to impart on listeners who are maybe frustrated they're like i don't know what to do with this information or i feel like i go to this report and then i get frustrated in life or this thing happens like what words of wisdom and advice do you want to leave with people you guys are so sweet. I feel like I've just been blushing this whole time. And I've been very blessed in the fact that I've had two of the greatest teachers side by side with me. And I mean you two, uh, side by side with me through teammates and life in general. But I think the thing that I always, there are a few questions I always ask myself when I'm going through something. Um, or if I'm just working on a project and I don't know what I'm doing. Or if I'm having a fight with my husband. And I always wonder you know, what strength do I want to be known for today? And if I'm fighting with my husband, for example, I try to always take it back to a strengths-based perspective. And I think which one of his top five is not being utilized or which one of his top five is being rubbed up against. Um, So I think of, you know, take Harmony, for example. You know, I wanted to solve a problem before, you know, as it's happening, whereas he wanted to solve the problem before. When I know he's mad at me over something like that, that's great for me to understand and really realize. And then I'll go to him and say, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that this would affect you. Or I'm sorry, I really should have thought that through. And he understands that in me. And so having that, that deep understanding of where, what we look like when we're at our best and maybe how, what those blind spots could be 
really is helpful for us at teammates i always try to think of how that could affect other people as well so looking at those blind spots and then the other point of that as well as of what strength do i want to be known for and you know how could this be rubbing up against somebody else i also try to think of um not labeling strengths in general and just not having like a okay they're woo obviously they love to just go meet new people that's not how it is there is a blend not every strength means exactly what it you know what you think it is there's no stereotyping um so making sure i'm not labeling somebody by what their maximizer is or their harmony is knowing that it takes the whole five to create that one beautiful strength, or the whole 34, excuse me, to create that beautiful strength. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I love that. I mean, I love all of that, Hannah, but especially the what strength do I want to be known for is, is a powerful question that I don't think we, like Allie and I haven't contemplated, which is why I'm so grateful. We're always so grateful. We're grateful you joined, but we're grateful for listeners who share with us similar things uh, when they respond to the questions and the prompts that we pose. Um, so I'm going to take us in for a landing, if that's all right. I feel like we could probably talk forever, but we are uh, <laughs> we are approaching our time here together today. So let me <laughs> review the safety protocol as we make our landing. Um, I, we have quite a few action items for people, more so questions to contemplate. First is, uh, which of your strengths is being neglected? Asking that question in tough times or frustrating times or just every day, uh, recognizing that there are strengths that you have at your disposal that you might not be utilizing or calling upon regularly. Secondly, thinking about uh, and reflecting on what's been a really good day and how have your strengths shown up. So looking for the best manifestation of your strengths by identifying really good days and then looking to implement that and to aim your strengths in similar ways to produce more good days in life. Um, looking and answering, you know, reflecting upon that question that we just talked about is what strength do I want to be known for? Mm -hmm. And then in times of conflict or sandpaper people or times of tension, asking the couple questions of, of the other person in the situation, what strength isn't being utilized or what strength is getting in the way? What strength is, what strength is there too much of, right? Um, that, that might be helpful in understanding where that other person is coming from. Did I catch everything? Summarize that well, Ali. Anything else you did? Add? Okay. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, let me just conclude by saying thank you, Hannah. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode 103 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions that we posed, the best way to do so is by giving us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G E N N A N D. M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.